0: hey i'm amanda jane and this is where we help ambitious women make progress and use their time for what really matters together we're busting productivity myths and shifting the dialogue to use productivity as a means to a purposeful and meaningful life welcome to more ways let's rock Hello and happy day to you. I am so glad that you've joined me on this episode today. Uh, It's a topic that I am particularly tuned to, shall we say. So I'm going to dive right in. Many of you know that I am a coach and I work with people to help them use their time for the things that are important to them. And through my work with hundreds of clients, I've really become tuned in to how much language affects your mindset and the, and how you feel and the actions that you take. I think it's probably been about five years since I removed one word from my vocabulary and it has made a big difference and it's made a difference in some really subtle ways. And the word that I'm going to be talking about today creates some of the most suffering in our really in our day-to-day lives. And this is because our language and how we, our language is so connected to how we think about the world. And so when we make a change in our language, it makes a difference in what's possible. So the word that I'm talking about today is the word should. And It might seem like a really neutral word and you might be using it to direct or motivate your actions. Like I think the most common one is I should go to the gym. Some of the other ones uh, I think that I hear often are I should feel more grateful or I should be getting more done. And these might seem like really neutral sentences. However, I think it creates the most suffering of any word that i can find this is this is my take on it i also and so when i talk about should i i classify shouldn't in the same bucket i think both of those are create a, a great deal more suffering than is needed one of the things is the word should is steeped in judgment in negative judgment in particular the energy of should is a heavy energy. It, it's not an active energy. The word should is really strongly connected to regret and, some, and the judgment of some kind of failing, right? Likely a personal failing. Here's how I know that it's judgment. When you view the opposite as negative or something that you don't want to be. So if you say, here, let me, I'm going to give you an example. If you say to yourself, I should plan my day better, What does it mean if you don't plan your day, which would be the opposite? Oftentimes, it's something that you don't want to be like, well, then that means I'm disorganized. Or another example, if you say to yourself, I should accomplish more in my week. Well, what does it mean if you don't? That would mean that I'm distracted or lazy. The should is a judgment. It works the exact same if you use the word shouldn't. I shouldn't have to remind myself of my intentions. Well, what if you do have to remind yourself? Well, then that means I'm stupid. Then the should is now creating a judgment of what is right or what is good, what is valuable and what isn't. That's where the should becomes a judgment. Now, the idea about should not being an active energy. Now, this is even more salient when you're reflecting on the past. So, like, I should have left earlier. Shoulding on yourself in the past really keeps you stuck and stagnant where you are. Because even if you agree, yep, should have left earlier, where do you go from here? The fact is, is like, earlier has passed. You know, the consequences of you leaving when you did have already come and gone. There's nothing you can do to change where you are now. And that's one of the main issues with should, is that it diminishes what is. Should moves you out of the present into what should be, into something imaginary, into some imaginary time or an imaginary space or an imaginary life where it shouldn't be this hard or it shouldn't take this much time. Well, fact is, it is and you do, right? Should keeps you out of accepting the present moment. And the present? The present is the place of magic and opportunity. The second piece about should is that it becomes a comparison. Should is a comparison to either someone else, to another time, or like I said, to some like imaginary or parallel universe. Here's a comparison. My house should look like Susan's house or... I should have as much energy as I used to. My day should go the way I planned it. Sometimes even without the articulated comparison, like the one about Susan's house, there is a unarticulated comparison, like my house should look better. There's some kind of belief around a standard that you're comparing to when you're using should. Should is also really disempowering. It gives your power away because should is tied to all sorts of expectations and assumptions. Generally, these are passed on to you from a variety of places in society. Something external to you has given you these standards or these ideas about what should be. Places like education, religion, parents, spouses, media culture. And sometimes the, uh, sometimes should can also sounds like supposed to. This is the same idea. So let me give you a couple of blanks for your mind to automatically fill in. Good moms should. Good wives should. Successful women should. Here's the danger, whatever came to mind might be something that someone external to you has placed on this idea. Some kind of expectation or limit about what it means to be a good mom, a good wife, a successful woman, and swallowing the shoulds that others give to you, give your power away to those other sources. Again, those other sources like education, religion, parent, spouse. Etc., media, because whatever you filled those blanks in with are not true. Let me say that again. The ideas that you have about what a good mom should do or be, how a good wife should be, how a successful woman should be, these are not true. They're simply beliefs, they're ideas that may or may not be true. They may or may not be valid. They may or may not connect to what you know truly in yourself and they may or may not be what you want or value for you, the girls and women in your life, the girls and women in the world. Because shoulds come from outside of you. Your truest and most limitless self doesn't use the word should. Your most true and limitless self is in the moment, full of possibility, creating the future that you want, the one that matters. Now, my sense is that people like to use the word should as a way of motivating themselves. And in fact, should becomes more about control, manipulation, and force. Again, because it's this judgment, should takes away the choice. And it takes away any of the gray area because it moves into judgment. Removing should from your vocabulary becomes about letting go. It's about surrendering and releasing. And it's enormously freeing to not have to live under the weight of what you should be doing, or what you should be saying, or thinking, or how you should be being, or how you should be living. Removing should is about giving yourself choices and reminding yourself of what you want rather than what's been shoulded on you, rather than what others want for you. Removing should is about what you want and connecting the choices you make to the results and outcomes of those choices and how they create your life. Once you start to become aware of your use of the word should, you might start to notice that there are other words that you might use that have that same kind of vibe. So I mentioned earlier, supposed to, and that's really tightly connected. Another one can be the word right. When you use it in the context of, trying to get it right. It's the same kind of idea about what it should be like or how I need to get it right. The question becomes, "right according to who or should based on what. That's going to ensure that it's according to you and it's what you want for your home, what you want for your relationships, what you want for your work or your business and your life. Like anything, oftentimes you don't just remove something, you exchange it for something else. So when you start to remove should, what are the things that you can start to exchange it for? What are the alternatives that you can start to use instead of should? I have four different options for you to try on and see how these fit for you. And in different contexts or in different ways, they might be a better fit than others. The first one is expect. So an example, the kitchen should be clean at the end of each day and change that to, I expect the kitchen to be clean at the end of each day. And if it's not what you expect, whose expectation is it? Because that's who you're giving your power away to. And if you don't expect the kitchen to be clean, then that is a choice that you can make. The next option that I have for you to exchange should is want. So here's the one, I should go to the gym. Exchange that should for want. I want to go to the gym. Again, when you switch out should for want, if it does not make sense to you, or if that is not true, then it is time to start asking yourself some questions. The third one that you can exchange should for is will. And this one is quite similar to want, but will is a little bit more active and decisive. So it would go from, I should sign up for that pottery class. And it moves to, I will sign up for that pottery class today during lunch. That becomes much more active, engaging, and it's directive. Now, my favorite substitute for should is could, because could is about possibility. The great thing is that it makes it expansive. So you can move from, I should be using my time for my big idea, to I could be using my time for my big idea, or I could be using my time to build a side hustle, or I could be using my time to benefit those in my community, or I could be using my time to build quality relationships with my family. Subbing in could makes it an option. It's one of the many ways that might feel better aligned with you right now. From here, I really ask you to take a chance and notice when you're using the word should, and in what context do you often use it? Do you use it with yourself? Do you use it with others? And with what people do you use should with? And you can even just take note of that for a day or two. Now, this isn't about you shouldn't use the word should. I am certainly not going to put that on you today. What I want is for you to notice what happens, right? I'm not going to judge you for using should or not. It's important to notice what happens when you use it and how does it change and how do you feel when you don't. When you try one of these substitutes, what happens? What shifts? if anything, for you. So I'm curious if this has created some awareness for you around the language that you use, or if this has created some resistance. If you're someone who uses should a lot, I'd love to hear about that. Because my experience is not your experience. Send me a DM on Instagram or Facebook. You're following me, right? On Instagram, it's at AmandaJaneCA. And Facebook is forward slash AmandaJaneCA. Send me a message about your experience with the word should. And if you've tried some of these exchanges or alternative language, how has that shifted things for you? I'd love to know. Thank you so much for joining me this week. If you like today's episode, I invite you to head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and a review. This lets Apple know that great listeners like you enjoy the show and it helps get the message out to more listeners. So your review really does make a difference. Thanks again for joining me, Amanda Jane, in this episode of More Ways. Until next time, rock on.